One, two, three. Get pretty good at that. All right, here we go. Hello, Matthew. Welcome to the Section 109 Podcast, everybody. We're here to talk CFC men's undefeated season, winners, but we conceded a goal. Matthew, how are you feeling about CFC's 2-1 away win at Baltimore, Maryland? At the, uh, at the Maryland Pussycats. <laughs> at the Maryland Putty Tats. At the Maryland... Meows. I mean, like, honestly, pretty good. Uh, I think the goal that Maryland scored was horseshit. And we scored two good ones, so like I felt pretty good about it. I don't disagree. So I first of all, we finally allowed a goal. Um, you summed it up pretty good there. I think. Did, I mean, like we. I guess there's one on the scoreboard, but like not really. Yeah, we we allowed one big chance. We we allowed one big chance, but we saved it. Right, exactly, we saved it. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and look, I mean, like. You just watch the replay. Like, like, there's a Maryland player that shoves Colin Stripling into Jean Antoine, which is a foul, and it's not called. And I, I get it uh, because Maryland, all they do is foul, uh, just period. And and you also have to commit fouls to be able to, to score against us, uh, as evidenced by the Savannah game too. So, okay, like, <laughs> guess that's how it goes. But I, I think. Maybe the key point is, uh, I think the CFC men's team is good enough to just play through some things, and and not even at a hundred percent, just pl- still play through. And you're going to have to accept that that's how these games are going to go, and still be better and good enough. And and when the moments come, take them. And that's the story of this game. The moments came, and we took them. Yeah, so I'm going to go through the starting lineup. I think that's a good, succinct uh, start to that. Oh, that's a mosquito. Get out of here. How's there a mosquito in my house? Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I'm going to kill that little... Anyway, sorry. Um, I don't need to get... I'm going to get bit right in the middle of, of, uh, of announcing this lineup. Jean-Antoine at goalkeeper, as we are accustomed to seeing Colin Stripling at right back. Right center back, Anatoly Prepolitsa. Left center back, Aiden Bowers. Left back, Joseph Perez. That is our starting back five, and let's not kid ourselves. It is a starting back six with Richard Dixon. That is not changing. I don't think, barring injury for the rest of the season, just based on how they're playing so far, that is a locked-in group of six, and a very, very good group of six at that. Center midfielder, Luis Garcia-Sosa, who has started most of the season. The change here is that Alex McGrath, Senor McGrath, has been suspended for a game, or was suspended for a game, because of yellow card accumulation. While that was horseshit, because several, at least two of those yellow cards were not acceptable and not real yellow cards, it is what it is. So the good news is Beto Alvarenga, um, Senor Leonel Alvarenga, a.k.a. Beto, started this game. Um, Mutaya Muape at right wing, left wing Juan Luis, and striker Marcus Nagelstad. Yeah, nice to see Luis Garcia-Sosa get back into the team. Uh, After a couple of games out with he, injury. Yeah, he missed a couple of games with, with, due to injury. Uh, he goes right back in. And it's like he never it's like he never missed a beat, man. Honestly, I think he leveled up a little bit. Not that he had never had any of these moments, but I thought he was really good in this game. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so let's go straight into um, 
the goals, Matthew. So I'm going to ignore Maryland's goal because it's horseshit, and Colin Stripling got fouled and got pushed into Jean Antoine. Uh, and even let's and let's even if it were not, it is a goal that does not happen normally because let's let's just say that it wasn't a foul. It was Jean's not missing that again. Yeah. Like Correct. he gets hit in the back, like, but he's not missing that again. If it's a goalkeeper howler, which it, it sounds like it's not, I couldn't see on the stream properly. That you're only, he's only going to make one. Yeah, famous last words, but uh, <laughs> that, we're, that is not the kind of goal we're going to repeat, give up uh, repeatedly. Which is another reason that, like you said at the beginning of of this show, we are still not allowing, or we're still not allowing big chances to be turned into goals against us. We're yeah. very rarely allowing a big chance, and we're, then we're blocking those big chances. Those are all good things. The defense is still good. Uh, but I, I do think that the context is important is because going down does invigorate this team to like take their intensity to another level. Well, it's only the second time it's happened this year. And and it, it was it was really it was a really nice response uh, from from the group. And and in the 66th minute, uh, a nice little bit of attacking play um Sets up a, a great opportunity for for Marcus. Uh, Beto slides the ball across to a uh, little one-two with with Mumu and Beto. Beto slides the ball back across to Mumu, who lays it off for Marcus. Okay, Marcus so just does the striker thing and scores. You're forgetting a part in this, which uh, <laughs> that I think is important, which is Beto shoots and it gets blocked and it comes right back to him, and and then he passes. Yeah, and they start the thing. Here's why I think that's important. And, I, and it will play in, in the second goal heavily. But first of all, this is right after they scored, right? So we kick into this big higher gear. We put the pressure on. But when Beto takes that shot, it is dangerous. It is goal-bound. And it is very concerning for their defense. And it, it caused them to reshuffle just a little bit when they made that block. And it's one of the reasons I think we have slightly more space for the Marcus chance, which is good and and and, and very well taken and, and whatever else. We can talk more about that. But the thing that I think matters here is it was a little added element. The shot from the top of the box that isn't Marcus is something we really haven't seen much this season. Somebody uh, attempting a shot from a dangerous area at the top of the box. Actually, McGrath's attempted a few, but Betso I don't think really has. And I thought that really opened things up, especially when we get to the second goal, it was the danger uh, and the, the threat of Betso shooting at the top of the box. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I think you see it You see it again on, in, in the second goal. Three minutes later. So we we look, we go down. We immediately come back, and it's like the reason we're not going to talk a ton about this goal is it's just like the a very good team goal that Marcus does Marcus shit and just scores right. Still don't know quite how he had the perfect timing to hit it <laughs> hit it around the goalkeeper and the defender, but like it's just it's, 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 just, it's Bing 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 goal. Yeah. Like it's it's just exactly how you draw it up. It's triangles. It's literally a triangle. Ding ding, and it's it's a goal, and it's just great. Awesome. Here we go. And then th- like three minutes later or whatever it is, I mean it's right after. Betso takes another shot at the top of the box, but this time the left back slides all the way across to try to help block. Somebody else blocks that ball. The left back is now taken completely out of the play. The ball gets recycled back around quickly and sent back over to Moape, who hits it first time. The left back still hasn't got back into position, and it's a goal. If if uh, I, if Betso doesn't shoot that, the left back doesn't come over. Yeah. And if the left back doesn't come over, Moape isn't wide open to curl it around. And... Again, I'm not giving all the credit to to uh, Beto, but I think it's worth pointing out that there's a little bit of a difference there in in kind of how we've been threatening in the past. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot more imposing our will on them. Yes, and when we did when we do that, and when we score, and we can talk a little bit more about any part of that goal you want to, but when we do that, when we impose our will like that, it makes me go, damn, like the this is a slightly 
um, new new leaf, but it's also just a, a will and a mentality that we haven't had to see this year because we haven't gone down. And it felt real good to see like, oh, this team's got, not only do we have another gear, we might have two more gears because that was a, that was a downshift from, that was, or up, I go from third to fifth gear or whatever else. That wasn't just like a little. Oh, I think that's us just going to second gear, honestly. I think we've been in first gear all year. I think this is the first signs of going to second gear. Um, I don't think you know how to drive a manual. I definitely don't. But like, uh, I, I want to go back a little okay, bit. Yeah, I want to go back a little bit further. Sorry, I just really wanted to talk about Betchel's involvement in both those goals because I thought it was very significant. Yeah, I, I think if you go, go earlier into the second goal. Sure. Luis Garcia Sosa. Oh, yeah, I know you're about to go. unbelievable shit in the middle of the field. Uh, that, kind of, a, a couple steps out from the top of his own box, a few yards out from the top of his own box. Yeah, but I, well, I was going to say it's a little bit more in the, in, in the middle of the field. But like, it, what it does is it, like he is able to keep possession in the middle of the field and and because he's in the middle, like if if the ball's on if the if the ball's with the center backs or on on line the wings, teams are able to like be able to face the ball and like have kind of a set uh, a, a set defensive posture. And if you recycle it back, which we do, and it's good to keep possession, but if you recycle it back, they have a chance to reset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what's what's interesting that happens here is Luis Garcia Sosa is able to possess the ball in the middle of the field, and in doing so, it collapses the defense. And he actually drops the ball back, and, and and Aiden Bowers ends up picking it up to to actually really start the attacking move. But the the ball in the middle of the field allowed the defense to collapse a little bit. And so when Aiden gets the ball and he fires it out to Juan Louis, like a little bit of a gap has already been opened. And then Juan Louis uh, has who I thought was fairly quiet in this game overall. Like and and he had, there was one play I think in the earlier in the second half. Where he does this exact same move, he beats, he kind of cuts between two defenders, and and the ball ends up just going off of his foot and out out of play for a, for a goal kick. But in, in this in this one play, picks up his head, he looks, he cuts between two defenders, and then he fires a cross in uh, that I think actually hits hits Marcus's Marcus foot, his foot uh, and kind of deflects backwards, and that's where Beto hits it, uh, and it comes back and ends up coming back to Luis Garcia Sosa, who just settles it, drops it, maybe a little back heel. Uh, Little, little tiny one, or just like kind of like flips it to the side or something like that. I'm little, not little sure fish, what he, yeah, like a little fishtail type thing. Uh, and then that's where Beto slides it across for for Mumu for the shot. Nice first time little slide, but too. like that all that all begins with the ball in the middle of the field being possessed uh, to to start to start that whole move off the, the keeping possession. Yeah. And 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 you saw a lot of that. Uh, really, you saw a lot of that, with the exception of um, Maryland's. The big chance that Maryland created, although I think it comes off of a turnover from us, uh, and, and and the times that Maryland was able to break because of our turnovers in different parts of the field, whether we were in an attacking phase or if we were just in the build-up phase, you take all those moments out. Like this game, the first half and in the second half too, is all about like just CFC collecting the ball and and just being patient and trying to build up and not worrying about like we need to score in the next two minutes. Like it's all about like you know we will dominate, and the chances will come, and we will take them when they come. Here's another thing, and, and then I want to come back to these goals. Um, actually, let's go to this. Let me, uh, you wrote down something here that I agree that I think is fun, and I'll, I think I'm going to take it a little different direction than you uh, you are. Luis Garcia Sosa, Beto Alvarenga, and Mutaya Mwape spent ten minutes in god tier mode, and the result was two goals. I mean, like Boom has got a goal and assist. Beto's got a goal or, or an assist and a hockey assist. 
And Luis Garcia Sosa is going to go down for a hockey assist, but also had a bunch of other stuff going on in, in terms of in terms of just pos- keeping possession and, and keeping the ball in dangerous parts of the field. So I wanna I wanna say that's the three smallest players on our on our roster that they were in the lineup, and they just all went god tier mode. I find that um, adorable. Not adorable is the wrong word. Uh, I find that funny. I find that uh, amusing. Uh, I think it's great. Um, there's nothing. It's you know it doesn't mean anything. It's just it's just funny. Um, Hugo Martinez debut. Hugo Martinez debut, and also uh, and and I don't want to minimize the debut thing because it was just for a, really a quick minute. Uh, but also welcome back to the pitch, Damian Rodriguez. Very, very good to very see you nice back out see. there. Um, I want to go back a little bit to how we approached this game. And this is actually one of my three points. Okay. Um, which I've actually got three plus a bonus. Um, we absorbed pressure, not because we had to, in my opinion, because we chose to. Because we can. So we absorbed pressure in order to create space because we're good at defending. This is new and fun and balanced and good. I almost got that mosquito. I got one of them earlier. What is what is going? There must be. You must have had the back door open for a little. A I little must have long. earlier. Um, I don't remember, but I probably did. I, in fact, I know I did. I, I definitely did this morning when I first came up. Anyway, I'm sorry, sorry listeners. I know that's not fun, but there's a mosquito that keeps buzzing around. Um, so we we were. It's new and fun and good that we're very good at defending. But I don't believe we've seen before today. Um, we've mostly been maybe not aggressively pressing, but definitely trying to get the ball back. And I felt like in this game, and I, I can't promise that it was a concerted effort. It could have just worked out this way, but I think it was. We sat back. We let them have the ball a little bit more. We still went and got it a few times, but in general, we let them have the ball much more than we normally would. And look, we didn't have Alex McGrath, right? We didn't have our one-man pressing machine. But we 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 absorbed the pressure. We let them come out of their shell a little bit. And look, it didn't immediately work. They, In fact, they actually got a goal. And then sunk, sunk back in their shell, and we just imposed our, our will on them and, and went and scored. Yeah. However, I do think seeing us be patient, seeing us defend with patience, was a little bit of a new look, and it was a an, effect, an effective tactic at getting out and creating a little bit of space. And I think that is a little bit of a new development for how we play, which in this season we've faced a lot of mid-blocks. Yeah. And seeing us sit back and let that mid-block have to attack us some more. Because, look, Maryland can keep the ball some. Um, some. They're also not very good, but they can keep the ball some, and they're probably the second best team in the league, depending on what uh, Michigan Stars do. But we approach this game differently than we've approached any anybody else, I think, so far this season. And I'm very interested to see how that goes forward. And it was refreshing to see us have a different look and still play with our principles and how we want to play and go get it done, but not have to just you know batter against that wall, uh, that mid-block all game, hoping to score. Can I comment on that a little bit? Sure. Because I don't know, actually, if, if I agree 100% with that. <sighs> How dare you? Uh, because I do think Maryland tried to do tried to do the mid-block thing. Uh, I think you could see oftentimes with one of the midfielder, one of the central midfielders for Maryland, like, was, was very clear, like, trying to point out, like, when, when the forward was supposed to press a little bit, when they were supposed to hold off. I do think Maryland was trying to entice us into uh, misplaying, misplaying a, a ball so that they could attack. Uh, off of a counter and I I and on the flip side in terms of not pressing and trying to absorb I think there's there's some of that I think it's a lot of personnel and mostly around Alex McGrath but also I think we also knew that Maryland was going to uh, they were they were going to give the ball back to us they were they were going to go long Maryland went long a bunch in this game and I think uh, I've watched them a little bit this season and going long against Anatoly 
I'm not saying it was smart. I'm just and saying they did it. Colin and Aiden Bowers, not to mention Richard Dixon. So, so Maryland is a choice. So Maryland didn't didn't have the personnel until the second half in in our in the home game against them to like try to play long and in behind. So they just didn't do it. Um, they did it a bunch against LA Force and in, in, in the midweek game uh, on Wednesday, and I and they played similar personnel on on Saturday, and I think. I think part of their their efforts is like they've got a fairly I mean they got a fairly athletic team and a fairly athletic forward line, and I think they tried to take advantage of that uh, at times. And and no, it, it didn't it didn't come off. But like they can they can stretch the field a little bit when they want to. And 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 I noticed I noticed a lot, especially in the first half, like they would uh, they almost resorted to like pass 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 nothing's happening. Let's clip try to clip it in behind. And see if we can get something going going the other way, or at least, you know, have 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 make us try to like possess the ball with our backs to to our attacking goal, and see if they can like kind of poach something, cut it out. I think that was a, a, a little bit more of a design from the Maryland gameplay angle, and I think it played into us not not really wanting to press a lot, uh, and and so like I, I think things can be two things. I guess my point here. I think yeah, I just think we we demonstrated a patience. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, both on the ball and with the ball, and defensively that I hadn't seen a just yeah. a willingness to just let them have the ball. Sometimes we, we were going to keep it unless we made a mistake, and we were going to let you keep it until you got bored and, I don't, and tried to play long. And I don't think we give it back to us. I don't think we've seen CFC this season let anybody have it for a long period of time. We've eventually pressed. Yeah, um, and I, think I do think some of it's personnel. So I, I will give you some of your nuance, but I do think this was there was a choice in this game. Um, and it was uh, it was fun. Um, let's. You can keep going if you want. I'll keep going on my on my three. Uh, the offense is coming together little by little. First of all, trust the process. Um, that's a process joke. Uh, trust the process. Uh, the chemistry's building. The passing's getting better, and we really imposed our will as as we talked about once we scored, uh, or once they scored rather. I think it's still far from a finished product, but we are. The the you know the god tier mode you mentioned with those three players, really you saw some of the chemistry there. You saw some of the passing, the interplay, the interchanges, and there. I mentioned this a few few games ago. There's a certain disdain, a certain confidence with the ball, a disdain for how dare you come at me, bro, when you're trying to press me. That this team's starting to have an attitude that's good. Um, there's a confidence on the ball, yeah, and there's a, there's a no like. To begin the season, I think they were doing some things, obviously because they were learning through it and because they were told to be doing it. And now I think there's a little bit of a, like, a, how dare you press me? I'm going to, there's just an attitude to the to the possession it parts in parts of this game that I really love. There's a real it, confidence and trust in teammates. Yes, but, there, but there's an arrogance to it, a good arrogance to it that I see in the body language. And I love because it means more, it shows me more that we're playing our game. That we are choosing to play with our principles in our way more, maybe than we, we at least more efficiently than we were before. And while we're not there yet, we're far from the finished product. It's like little by little by little coming coming along. Let me and you saw it in the in the two goals we scored. Let me let me give you an example that isn't in one of the goals uh, because I do think you're right about this. It's in uh, some of the possession that we we were able to hold in the attacking third, and. Uh, it was through Colin Stripling, who's been playing right back all season for us, in more of an overlapping role, combining with 
uh, Beto and Luis and, and, and Mumu on that right-hand side. And one of the things that we, we've seen throughout the season is that Colin or that, that right back in, in general would be pinched in kind of alongside Richard Dixon in midfield. But especially Colin. But especially Colin. And we did not see a ton of that in an attack, I don't think, uh, on, on Saturday night. And my my theory for that is... is but you think that Colin got forward a lot more and didn't pinch in? Yeah. Uh, in, in, in terms of an overlapping way. Not like a bombing overlap, but like a possession overlap. And because he ended up in high in higher portions of the field more often than I've seen him all season, and my theory for that it relates to imposing our will on the game, and it's because his main defensive responsibility, Collins, was to guard uh, the the left wing for Maryland, Darwin Espinal, dangerous player, scored the goal, like very very good player, especially in this league, <laughs> and uh, and I think by by Collins getting forward in possession to combine with these other players, it forced Maryland's best player who does not want to defend. He had to drop a ton in this game to help out his teammates and defend. Otherwise they're going to be significant over um, uh, overloads and, and, and matchup def- like problems on that right-hand side. And something we haven't got was those overloads and matchups early on. And yeah. And, and, and when you take, when you take, the other team's best attacking player and force them further away from the goal they are attacking. That is, that is it's good. A, a portion of imposing your will on the game. And I thought that was a nice little, uh, I thought that was a nice little thing that, that helped keep Maryland not very dangerous, frankly, and, and, and keep us more dangerous because we were holding more possession in the attacking third versus Maryland, than in a lot of, honest, frankly, in a lot of games we've played this season, uh, and 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 you need, and I think people need to remember, like Alex McGrath didn't play in this game because of yellow cards. Taylor Gray is still not back from injury. Like holy fucking shit! Like those are two like Nisa best eleven players from last year. Mm-hmm. Like, watch out! Like yep. this, this this is truly second gear for me. <clears throat> I realize I still don't know how cars work. Uh, that's evident. Don't like, worry. If there's a third or a fourth, well, there's look, you, look out. There's usually five. Um, so <laughs> fluke goals happen. Uh, we still aren't giving much up much overall. I'm just going to leave it at that. We talked about this earlier. There's no need for me to repeat it, but fluke goals happen, but we still aren't giving much overall, giving up much overall. And then I'll give you my fourth bonus. Uh, the depth and signings have been very interesting and very good this year. So Jonathan, I'm going to remind everybody, Jonathan Bartita out for the season. Taylor Gray out two to four months. Ale Jaimez out two to four months. Ethan Corrin out two to four months. Um, plus LGS, uh, Luis Garcia Sosa, and um, Damian playing uh, limited roles at times because of injury. That's a lot of players to have out. And look, Juan Luis was signed as the final winger. Capazucci was signed as like a late center back to replace like, essentially Ethan Corrin and and Partita. Uh, and um uh, and Partita, yeah, you're right. And then who am I forgetting? And Luis Garcia Sosa was signed as the last midfielder. Now we did both predict that he would be a starter. But that's a ton of minutes for your last three signings. Yeah. Rod they're in the front office really so far knock on some wood there. I've really navigated these injuries um, smartly. And look, we're not out of the woods yet. We're still thin. 
and and these next two games being friendlies are good for recovering and good for getting a few guys minutes, but there's some starters they're going to play that we don't want to have played. But I'm really, really um, encouraged by how it's gone so far. I'm hopeful for how things go going forward, and I'm just really glad that um, we built a team that could that could withstand some some injuries and had some real depth. Because I mean, if you think just uh, one more time, Partita as a starter, Taylor Gray is a starter. And, you know, Damian was potentially going to be a star, but that's two starters that are out. And Plus then you, Alex McGrath on yellow cards. Alex McGrath's out on yellow cards. But also, like, Damian was expected to start quite a bit. Luis Garcia's a starter and has missed a few games or missed at time in a few games. So, I mean, there's just been significant injury time outside of just the depth, and, and we've really yeah. weathered the storm well so far. Yeah, and, and, and these, I mean, look, between, between this Maryland away game and the next league game is... Uh, two consecutive weekends off. Now there are going to be two games in that stretch, but that's, that's hopefully, hopefully that's time. We may not see players actually back yet because some, you, of, these, some of these injuries have been pretty, uh, who do you want to see in these friendlies? Let's, we'll, we'll come back. Let's come back to that. Oh, let's come back really, to that. Okay. Uh, you know, we may not see players back yet because some of these injuries have been, have been pretty bad and pretty recent, uh, but hopefully like three, a three week gap period allows time that we get closer to players returning. Is I guess my my hope and wish and I mean also and like, prayer and in, in prayer and also a little bit of fact like that that there will be time elapsed that will be that will be bring us close yeah, if your time if players back if your time period is is eight weeks three weeks is it's a lot it's a big chunk of it um yeah you talk so, real quick about players you want to see uh, you're excited to see for the next two games and talk a little bit about um yeah so let's let's talk about uh. So okay, there's two games uh, in the next in the next few weeks. We've got on on Saturday, June 10, we have the Juan Hernandez testimonial uh, against uh, Pumas FC. We have uh, on I believe Thursday, June 15, is uh, on the road is uh, Apotheos FC, uh, coached by former CFC player Adam Reeks. Love that. Um, and, and that's that's a part of a of a, a home and home series with them that I'd like the talk, return like will come in August. I'd like to talk about the second game first, and maybe we'll close on the one Hernandez. Did you get him? I think so. Nope. Damn it. Yeah, so close. Okay, so let's talk. I would like to talk about the second game first. So in that second game, that non one Hernandez testimonial game, I would like to see Fabian start and go at least seventy five. I would like to see Hugo start and go seventy five. I'm going to give them a, a little bit of a buffer in case we want to get some guys a few minutes to whatever, but I want to see those two guys start. I'd like to see Capazucci get 90. I'd like to see Jonathan Burke get 90. Who am I forgetting that I want to see get 90? Um, I would like, I would love to see Damien get at least 45. I know he's coming back from injury, so I, I don't want to see him um, overtaxed, and he's just barely come back, but I'd like to see him get 45 if possible. Love to see Juan Luis get, get 45 but not have to play 90. Love to see Mutai Mawape, and I realize either Juan Luis or Mutai Mawape, one of them needs to get a significant amount of the game off. Fabian Rodriguez is likely to play one of those um, winger spots, I think. And then the other one would, I mean, you could start the Rodriguez brothers, and that's, I think, what I'd like to see. Get some sharpness back for Damian and get some minutes for Fabian. And then I think you might see Hugo in the midfield. That's kind of my my thought on what you might want to see. I think Lenny. I want to see Lenny get um, I'm, I'm 90. prepared to protect the starting lineup for the, for the, okay, 10, let's do it. For the June 10 game. Oh, wait, 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 not for June 10. I'm talking about... Oh, hell no. I don't give a shit. Like, we're talking about... I, I think you can't look at either of these games, like, 
as one-offs. Like they're they're a part of a series. Of- but that's why I want to come back to the one game because I just want to put it a little bit more in 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 perspective yeah, um, before we before fine. we go through I'll it. Wait. But for the but for that second game, I want to see. And, I, and obviously, Rod and Chris are going to have some load management things you're going to want to do. They're going to want to keep some minutes in people's legs and whatever else. But those players that I just mentioned, I want to see get um, significant minutes, and I'm hoping that we'll see some sharpness um, out of them to come out of those games. Okay. Can we talk about the one game now? Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, Juan Hernandez arrived here in 2015. Yeah. 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. It's a weird season, but it, it was there. 2021, 2022. That's eight seasons. Yeah. Juan made the transition from amateur to pro. He's now making the, and has made the transition from pro to full-time coach. Uh, it, it, within the academy, the men's and women's team setups. This is a chance to say not goodbye. This is a chance because Juan hasn't left the club. Juan's still involved, but it is a chance to honor Juan. Look, there's one player in history that has a bobblehead. Look at Bobble Juan right there. <laughs> there is one player in in our club's history that currently stands alone at the top of the assist leaderboard. Yeah, second in second in appearances, first then assists. Shit, he's like fifth and goals or something um like it's and, it's, and it's I, a tremendous tremendous legacy and i would i would uh, academy coach for for years um and if you I mean, go, to, think go about, to his instagram and look at all the pictures oh, by yeah, the way if you want to get good. a little if you, if you want to get to be a little dusty in your house check that out um yeah so i will also say the most just one last piece and then i'll, I'll shut up the the most recognizable the most iconic um as as far as for the the average fan, and I don't mean just non chat. I mean just people who would recognize him out in town. Juan Hernandez. If you've only been to one CFC game in in the history of CFC at any point, you are more likely to have seen and recognized Juan Hernandez than any other player. He's the most recognizable and iconic player in CFC's history. He's on CFC's Mount Rushmore. If we did one, and yeah. he is getting a proper send off. And I'm uh, this is the first ever testimonial that I'm aware of yeah, unless there's one done pre 2014 no. and I'm, 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 I'm going to be sad. I, I hope I don't cry because I don't want to cry, but I think this is such a cool um, moment to honor him and to have fun with it. And I cannot wait to see um, a last, a last thing. And also I can't wait to get back to him winning games with me on Sundays. Shout out Sam Goni. Yeah. Shout out Sam Goni for sure. Without Sam Goni, Juan doesn't come to CFC. Yeah. And I, I, you think back to like, you know, what, what a player Sam Goni was for us in the amateur days, uh, a, a great player that burst on the scene in 2015 with us. And if you, if you don't know the story of Juan, he came to visit Sam uh, in he, Chattanooga. And he, was, he had played for Rocket City United. In, in the summer, he had played for Rocket City United the year before. Uh, he came to visit Sam in the summer of 2015. And and, 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 and Sam, said, can I pra- can I practice a little bit with the team? Yeah, and, and Sam asked Bill, and Bill said, sure, yeah, whatever. He played. <laughs> this guy played for played for Rocket City. He's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be fine for practice. He can, he can play around in practice. And Juan's quality was so immediate that they rushed to get him signed and get the paperwork done before the last regular season game, so he could play in the playoffs because of the roster freeze deadline. And and so he could play in the playoffs. And he and, that was 2015. From, we made the run from the day that Juan arrived in Chattanooga. Uh, he played. He was a sub and played in every single game that we had the rest of 2015, which was the last regular season game. 
and then six games in the playoffs, culminating with two assists against New York Cosmos B in the final. Yeah. And, and then and, and then obviously the rest is history. And look, this is a guy who's chose to make and what this this little this very small moment, hopefully someday we'll do a, a real one tribute episode, but um this this is a guy who's chose to make Chattanooga his home. Yeah. He he married a a, a player from a, a women's player, you know, now turned wife and, and nurse and and member of our community. Um and he's now, of course, a member of our community. Like he, they've they've put down roots here. They've they've started a life here together. And he has chosen to make Chattanooga his I don't want to call it forever home because you never know what things but at least his for now home. And I could not be more proud to call Juan one of our own. And and Juan of our own. Juan of our own, yeah. I could not be more excited and 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 happy to um to honor him this Saturday. And I know there will be a lot of emotions from me especially, but I, I'm also so excited that this isn't goodbye because a lot of times these games are goodbye, right? Zeka's game last, and thank goodness Zeka has kind of like come back and got more involved, being in the play-by-play and whatever else now. But there, were, the Zeka goodbye game was really hard. Yeah, and because we knew he was retiring, and you know that that could have been the end of it. it you know, he could have just faded off into the distance, and you know, could have gone and went and rock climbed for the rest of his life in like <laughs> to, in, in uh, Denver or whatever. Um, he hasn't, obviously. But the good part for me about this, and and, and then we can talk about what you think the lineup's going to be, is that Juan is going to play a game here, and then he's going to remain with the team at least the rest of this year and knock on wood for the next, I hope, decade as an integral part of this of this community, whatever he's doing. And and so I get this gets to be a continuation of his story and not the culmination or the end of his story. Uh, I'm his gonna, and our story. Yeah, I'm going to do some, some three quick takeaways from the the Maryland game. They're more just like, there'll be stuff you've heard before. Uh, and then I'm gonna do. I'm gonna predict the lineup for the uh, for the one game. Do it. Uh, so survive and advance through the regular season. That can be through injury. That can be through a little bit of adversity. Um, you know, th- this team might have found another gear, uh, especially for moments of the game that they needed it. Uh, and, and but like playoffs, if playoffs are about surviving and advancing, you know, this regular season is, is very much like in the same kind of vein. I think this team is built for the playoffs. I got to get my truck fixed so you can learn how to drive a stick shift and and, and, and learn how gears work. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, bend but don't break defensively. I don't need to, to belabor that point because I think you did a, a great job with it. And then I, I just said the next the next two games, uh, these two these two games against amateur teams. It's just about getting healthy. Bets uh, about rotation. It's about maybe there is some load management with some starters. We'll get some minutes here and there. Um, but hopefully it's it's about getting these other guys uh, some opportunities. And 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 speaking of. Uh, I think Jonathan Brooks going to play in goal, okay. well, well, at least for Saturday. But I, I assume for both games. Honestly, I'm going to put it out there. I hope that Jean gets a, br- a break. Yeah, he's played every minute of every game outside the preseason. Yep, and he deserves to get a little break, spend some time with his family. If he needs, you know, a half to get sharp, I'll let the you know. But I, I want to see John Burke deserves to get some minutes. He deserves to get some sharpness. We could we need the sharpness because anything can happen at any point, and so. Let's get Jonathan Burke, please, some minutes. And then also, let's get John a well-deserved, well-earned break uh, to potentially come back recharged. Because, boy, did he look frustrated in that last game. Yeah, so so I think I think we'll run... Uh, I think if we're going to do some like crazy hijinks, given, given, the, given the injury issues, and we're not particularly deep in a couple of positions, I think that rotation stuff will happen for the second game. 
I think we'll keep some Sanders stuff for this first game. Um, and so I'm, I'm predicting Jonathan Burke and goal. I'm predicting Jungwoo So to come back into, um, to come back in, into the starting lineup at right back. I think Sebastian Capazucci will be the right center back with Aiden Bowers and Joseph Perez uh, getting minutes at left center back and, and left back. I think Juan is going to play the, the six, the center defensive midfield position. Um, yeah. And, I, I, okay. And I think he's going to, to play with uh, with Hugo Martinez and Alex McGrath in front of him. Uh, in part because Alex was on yellow card accumulation for the Maryland game. Mm. So I think they'll, they'll give... He already got his game off. Yeah, they'll, they'll give, I think they'll give Luis and Beto a little bit of time and then figure out some sort of you know, rotation for the, for the next game after. But I think, I think Hugo will play in central midfield. It's where Hugo played uh, in, in, in preseason against Atlanta, if you'll remember. Uh, on the wings, I think it's going to be Fabian on one side and Damian on the other. Not really sure if they're going to play him straight up or inverted. Uh, but they have that option because you know Fabian's left-footed and, and Damian's right-footed, and then Lenny Lopez getting the starting in at striker is that's put write it down. That's my prediction. That is very interesting. I would be shocked to see to not. I think Marcus and Richard are really going to want to play some minutes together with Juan in this game because that's his two closest friends as far as I know on the team. I'm not saying they're going to start. I think they could start, um, especially if Juan starts with us. We also don't know exactly what's going to happen. We've we've been told that he may play minutes for both teams because it's his former team and his, um, you know, his and then his also his former team. I guess it's CFC and then his team before CFC. I don't know if they're going to start. Though I wouldn't be shocked to see them start and then only go for part of the game. Also, if he plays in the second half, I guess they might come in the second half or whatever that whatever the arrangement ends up being. But I just think that those two are not going to be kept off the field even for load management purposes, because I think it's going to be real important to them. And I would be shocked if they're not in Rod's office, assuming that he's saying like, okay, this is the lineup and you two like, are in the stands. Like, like those two have a choice. Uh, I think that Rod will, um, unlike last season, you know, with, with him, with it being a right, uh, like the kind of sort of one send off that didn't end up being, I think that there will be a nod to, to doing it. Um, and so that's why I'm not sure they're going to start, but I I'm, think we'll I'm, see frankly, I'm, I'm not, necessarily certain we have the bodies to be able to like sit every like put people in the stands you know what i'm saying like we are we are a little thin yes we are and also you, do you have any do you think we might see an academy kid play so I do you think we might see a practice player that maybe we've never seen do you think we might see a college player and these are me guessing by the way a college player that might be in here for a two-week stint during the summer play fuck are you kidding me i i think we might see a chat hooligan play like, I think they might pick somebody out of the stands and say, hey, guess what? Like, I need you to dress like you're our backup left back in this game. Like, I mean, like, we don't have the bodies. Like, the only reason Marcus and Richard might play is because we need to give them five minutes to sub somebody out. <laughs> like, we're like, I, I just went through the list of players and I think I included every single sub that we have. Plus, like three starters. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna predict, <laughs> I'm gonna make a prediction here. I don't think that it's impossible. What you said. I'm gonna make a little different prediction. I'm gonna predict that Juan starts at one of the tens, and then just has like a free ten roll. Uh, I'm gonna predict that Richard and uh, so if assuming Juan starts, assuming Juan starts the half with us and plays with us in the first half, and then plays with them in the second half. If it's the other way, I think you just see the sub pattern go this way. But I think Richard and Marcus are gonna play either the second half or the first half. And I think if Juan plays the first half with us, you see Richard and Marcus start in the first half. And I think they then they wouldn't play in the second half potentially if he just plays first half and second half. 
we don't know what he's going to do for sure. Or I think on the on the flip side, if Juan plays less in the second half, I think you might see Richard and Marcus play in the second half oh, as subs potentially to get get a few minutes, whatever else. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I just, something. man. I, I I haven't talked to any of these players, but I just don't think you're gonna see those guys not play, man. <laughs> we may not we may not have the we bodies do, to be number able one. To we forward. don't have the bodies. Number two, those two those two dudes. Uh, Marcus posted something on on um, either Twitter or Facebook I saw the other day, which was basically like it may not have been the other day. It actually may have been a ways back. Um, but he said like you know it was an honor playing with you. You know it's it's I'll miss you in the locker room. Like I miss you, whatever. And this may have been at the end of last season when when he announced his retirement or whatever, or beginning of this season when he announced his retirement. But like it was really clear, and, and I, I know they're friends, but it was really clear from that post. Like they mean a lot to each other. I just I think they'll find a way into the game together. I um, if you're if you're in the front office of the club and you're listening to this, please let us know if uh, they're going to be like academy or players on yes, trial or please. whatever like playing. Uh, especially, especially if they're academy players, because that's a huge moment for to to play for CFC is a big deal. To play for CFC as an academy player is a huge deal. Yes, and and we want to make sure that we we give them support in the moment and not be scrambling to try to figure it out. Um, is my is my only thing. Could not agree more. So everybody, if you're listening to this and you are, you know, up in the air about coming to the game this weekend because it's a friendly. Dude, come to the game this weekend. This may be the most special game of the year outside of a, a playoff game. Yeah. Um, for the emotions purposes, and it is just man, it's just, it, it's a potentially really special day. So let's let's honor Juan. Let's let's you know give him the send off he deserves. And um, I'm not probably not bringing my bobblehead to the stadium as I say that. Um, but if you're if you're inclined to bring your bobblehead to the stadium, um, Brian suggested that everybody bring their bobblehead to the stadium so we could have a like a stadium full of people holding up their bobbleheads. And I do think as an aesthetic, if you if you don't mind taking your bobblehead, um I think that could be really funny. I'll, I'll, fun, I'll note if you did not get one the first a bobblehead the first time around, apparently there are a few that did not make it uh, are there into hands and will be uh so, yeah, so I'm just too out there. I have two. I have that one and I, I mean Ellen each got one at the game and I have that one there and I have this one and I'm just never letting them out of my sight and out of my house. And if somebody breaks <laughs> in, I'll be most upset uh in order of my dogs potentially anything happening and then followed by my bubble Juans. So um listeners, thank you for listening. Matthew, thank you for joining us today, me and the puppies. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Listeners, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and we will catch up with you on Saturday for the celebration of Juan Hernandez. Peace.